the ad drives them to the website, they sign up on the website, and then it's up to your salespeople to finish the job. But what if there's one ad that is using the wrong verbiage or the leads that are coming from it are not good? You're never going to be able to connect that to the ad if you don't set up the proper tracking. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse. And today, my guest is Scott Harward. See, I got it right this time. I've been screwing up people's names for weeks now. All right, Scott Harward is here from Journicity. He's a data-driven marketer focused on profit rather than impressions. And he gives actionable advice rather than vague motivations, which is exactly the same thing I like to do. Scott, how are you? Good, how are you? I am doing fantastic. And I wanted to ask you before we get into this, what is Journicity? So Journicity is a marketing analytics platform that helps companies better understand the impact on revenue that their marketing activities are having. And there's a huge problem in the world with attribution. Yeah, it's a big giant gap that a lot of big companies have, but not a lot of medium and small size companies have access to. Right. Now, should we probably define what you mean by attribution for everybody? Yeah. So attribution is the process of understanding how much revenue or impact each marketing touch point has had on a customer. So, for example, let's say there's a, a customer, they come and buy a pair of running shoes. Well, before they made that purchase of running shoes, they may have seen a Facebook ad, clicked on a Google ad, read a review. They may have signed up for the email, received an email and then finally made the purchase. So that customer would have had four touch points in the customer journey. But traditional marketing reports don't take into account what other marketing platforms are doing. So Google Ads would claim 100% credit for the $100 purchase. Facebook would also claim 100% credit. Your email would claim 100% credit, and your affiliate would also try to claim as much credit as they can. So this would lead to inflated revenue where for that $100 purchase, you have $400 of reported revenue, but your actual revenue is only $100. So revenue attribution is the process of finding out and figuring out how much each marketing touch point contributed and then redistributing the revenue accordingly. Right. And that's super interesting, especially in the advertising, online advertising world. The Facebook Google connection is probably the biggest one we see. And that is, you know, we ran an ad to someone, they clicked on it, they went to the website and they were pixeled or tagged. And then they were shown maybe a retargeting ad on Google that they've seen, but maybe not clicked. They got a retargeting ad on Facebook. Maybe they clicked the retargeting ad on Facebook again at some point and looked at it again. And then they were on their phone, but later they got on their laptop at home. They typed it in a search to Google, clicked a pay-per-click ad purchase the thing. And now every one of your ads says that this purchase came from, well, technically it's last touch attribution, right? So your pay-per-click would say it came from us, but your Facebook retargeting ad would say it came from us. Yep. Yeah. That's the exact problem. And right now the customer journey, people have so many touch points with companies. 
About 10 years ago, there was a report that came out that said the average customer has five to seven interactions with a company before making a purchase. Someone just told me recently that a new report had come out and now it's 13 to 15 touch points with a company before they make a purchase. That becomes a complicated thing to try to measure and keep track of what's actually happening in your marketing. So how does Jernicity fix that problem? So because Jernicity doesn't belong to a single marketing channel, Jernicity actually measures and monitors all the marketing channels. So with a simple piece of JavaScript that goes on your site, Jernicity starts keeping track of every single person that comes to your site and tries to figure out where they came from. So through UTM tracking parameters and through some matching algorithms, Jernicity does its best to identify where each customer came from and then it adds it to that database. So when the customer finally makes a purchase, Jernicity can go back and see, oh, well, they clicked on a Google ad, then they clicked on a Facebook ad, then they interacted with your Pinterest channel, then they finally came back and signed up for an email, and they clicked on the email to make a purchase. So looking at all that, Jernicity has the complete data set to then start analyzing which marketing channel had the most impact in that customer's journey. Right. And so you you had mentioned uh, UTM codes there at the beginning. Some people may not be familiar with the UTM code. That's when you have a link and then it'll say like question mark UTM. And then it has a bunch of kind of stuff after it, like medium equals Facebook or, you know, stuff like that. Source equals Google PPC or something. And UTM actually doesn't stand for anything really that useful. It was Merkin, was it? Tracking codes? It was Urchin Metrics. Yeah, Urchin Metric. Urchin Tracking Metrics. Urchin Tracking Metrics, yes. Right. (laughs) Urchin was a company that Google bought years ago, like 15 years ago or something. So the UTM code is something that you would add to your advertising. And some, depending on the platform, they may add it automatically. Others, you can specify it. I assume that you have to set those up properly on each platform to make this work, right? Yeah, it definitely makes it a lot more effective. Rather than trying to match and do some guesswork of where the customer came from, if you have the UTM tracking set up for each of your ads, it makes it really easy to uh, to know and identify where that user came from. Sure. So I guess what are the advantages that a company gets just beyond, okay, well, I know where they came from. Why would you want to know that? So first of all, it helps you start being able to do data analysis. I'm a big fan of data-driven decisions (laughs) and having some data in order to make important decisions for your, your business or your company. Without using UTM tracking, you have an incomplete picture. Google Analytics will give you some really vague answers as to where they think the user came from, but it's really helpful to know down to the ad which ad users clicked on to get to you and find you. When it comes to B2B businesses, this can be huge. If you're a B2B business, you want to understand what your ads are saying so then you can have your salespeople respond appropriately. If they clicked on an ad that was, let's say, about insurance, you would want to be able to talk to them about which type of insurance they saw on the ad. Was it car insurance? Was it home insurance? Was it like you could start improving your conversion rates beyond just the ad itself. And it also allows you to measure the effectiveness of the ad all the way down to revenue. So 
the ad drives them to the website, they sign up on the website, and then it's up to your salespeople to finish the job. But what if there's one ad that is using the wrong verbiage or the leads that are coming from it are not good? You're never going to be able to connect that to the ad if you don't set up the proper tracking. Right. So you could have maybe 10 ads or the, that are running and one of them's a total dud. Every time the people come in, there's zero sales from it. And you would never know that if you're just using like kind of basic last touch attribution. Correct. Now, can it help you determine, for example, a lot of times we will use what well, I, I kind of call them helper ads, right? So we will show somebody really cheap ads like reach ads just to kind of get some repetition in on on the name and the framework and what they do and, you know, kind of tell the story a little bit. But then we hit them with conversion ads. And the conversion ad is always the one that they click and then they go buy something. But what happens is when people run their own ads, they run those kind of helper ads and they go, well, there's no conversions on this, so I'm going to turn it off. And that may be the thing that is causing people to click on the conversion ad, which then causes people to buy the product. So does it help you find that, you know, the ads before the last one that they clicked on? So I was just about to build that functionality in, but this year there are a lot of changes that were announced that are going to affect the advertising world. So one of the very big ones is the end of it, the end of third party cookies. It's partially already here. One of the big changes that Apple was just about to push is going to implement it much more thoroughly <laughs> than before. And then Google has plans in implementing the end of third-party cookies by the end of the next two years. So let's explain what a third-party cookie is. So a third-party cookie is a cookie that's placed in the browser by a website other than the website that they're currently on. So this is previously how web tracking happened. This is how retargeting happened, where the advertiser would look for that special cookie that's in the browser, and they would be able to identify the user across multiple websites. But the problem with that is it wasn't the most privacy-centric <laughs> approach. And some of the advertising platforms overstepped. Now there's an overreaction and there's getting rid of completely of third-party cookies. So what that does is it limits the ability of advertisers to track only to specific websites. So when someone's on your website and they go to another website, Google Analytics or Google Ads will no longer be able to track them across both websites. They'll know you, they visited your website and they'll have a unique ID for that person there. And then they'll have a different ID for the person on another website. So it's going to silo a lot of the tracking and make it difficult for online advertising systems to do cross-site tracking. Now, how this impacts small businesses and especially consumers, is it's going to make it so consumers get a lot less relevant ads because they're not being tracked all the way across the internet. What this means for small businesses is that your retargeting ads are going to diminish. You're not going to be able to do nearly as many retargeting ads. It also meant with that impression tracking that you're talking about, knowing if they saw your ad, that's also going to go away because Journicity won't be able to keep track of the user across multiple websites. So that impression tracking feature is, it, I didn't fully finish building it because it was, it's going to go away here very soon. Right. So are you the actual developer on your site or do you have like a team of developers that you work with? 
So right now I'm still in the early stages. I have early access open and I have certain beta clients that are testing everything. So right now it's just me until I get more cash flow to be able to hire a team of developers. Right. You know, there may be something. So, I mean, the third third party cookie tracking, I feel like it's kind of a scam, honestly. And here's hear me out on why I think it's a scam. Google still knows if a user goes from one site to another because they have Google Analytics on every site on the Internet. So they actually can't do that through the analytics anymore. They have to rely on the Chrome browser. Right. But they own the code of the Chrome browser, right? Yes. And they own the analytics code and they know the IP that the person's coming from and they know when it hits analytics and we can't see their code behind the scenes. So I don't see how it's possible that they would just take that data and be like, well, we could do it, but I think that's against privacy and we're not going to do it anymore. I'd say that's really unlikely, but that's just my personal opinion. Google, go ahead and sue me if you want. <laughs> like. Apple's the same way, right? I mean, they have their own data on their own sites, right? It transfers power. I mean, it's just going to go back to tracking pixels and stuff, isn't it? Because then and then it's not a cookie, right? Like, what is going to stop them from saying, like, we're going to embed all the data from a user into a GIF or something or into the back end of a JPEG and then have that display on the site. And then when it goes to the next site, we'll just test if it's the same data on each one and... They would have to do that through the browser, though. So that's one of the big things that this third-party cookie change is affecting, is it's giving power to the browsers, and especially to Facebook or anybody who has a universal login. Essentially, what it's going to do is makes it so the person has to identify themselves in some way on each site. If you're logged into Chrome, you'll be identified across each site. But it makes it so companies other than Chrome or Google they can't do it. Right. It's just consolidation of power is all it is. Yep. And it's a jerk move, Google. What happened to the do no harm or do no evil <laughs> or whatever it used to be that you took out? The, this change actually came from Apple. They're the biggest ones pushing it. <laughs> I know Apple started it, right? I already have it on iOS 14 point whatever I have now. And I don't know. It hasn't seemed to really affect my life that much at this point, but we'll see what happens when it hits the browsers. And man, I'm like, like I'm all for privacy, but it's not an even distribution of privacy. It's like you have privacy against every advertiser in the world, except for the biggest ones. And the biggest ones still have all the data and you're still have even less privacy than you had before, because now you have less people controlling your data. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Hopefully somebody's going to come out with that blockchain kind of based idea where you own your own data and you can port it from system to system and allow what you want to allow or not allow. And I just think it'll be too complicated for people. And I guess we probably shouldn't have a whole episode about third party cookies and privacy, but attribution is super important, right? Obviously we talked a little bit about it, but when you're on a smaller budget, like you're a small business, then it becomes really important because, you know, every advertising dollar that you're wasting is is coming straight out of your bottom line. And it's coming out of that for all companies. But you've got some big companies out there who just throw money at advertising. They're like they throw three million dollars at television every month, having no idea if any of it drives any sales whatsoever. But when you're a small business and you're doing Facebook ads and Instagram and Google and maybe you do Bing or something and, you know, Pinterest and, you know, whatever else, LinkedIn, you know. It's important to know 
if the 200 bucks of sales that you're getting that day off of your Google ads actually came from Facebook ads and you could have not spent that money on Google, you could have doubled that money into Facebook and made twice as much money, right? It's vital to know where it's coming from. And up until now, that's pretty much been a mystery for most businesses. I think it is for most businesses. I I don't think that they have much attribution. Short of asking when people call them, where did you hear about us from? Yeah, so that's actually why I developed Journicity, the original story of why I did it. I I originally had no intentions of building a revenue attribution tool. (laughs) It was not on my radar. But so I'm a marketer. I've spent around 13 years in digital marketing. I worked my way up to marketing director. I've worked at some big companies, also a lot of small companies. I've always had projects on the side. And when I started learning about revenue attribution, I implemented it at some of the big companies I worked at. One of them is Icon Health and Fitness. They own most of the <laughs> the fitness brands on the Walmart store or the Walmart shelves and, you know, Proform, Nordic Trek. And they had a lot of money that they could pay for an attribution tool. Most attribution tools start at about $12,000 a month. That's out of the range for most small businesses. Right. Most small businesses aren't even spending 12000 a month on ads. Yeah. So it really bothered me that there was nothing available to small and medium-sized businesses. And I had clients on the side where I was working with these small to medium-sized businesses. So it bothered me so much that one of my clients actually challenged me to come up with a solution. <laughs> so that's where I started building Journicity is I wanted to build a tool that was affordable and accessible to small and medium-sized businesses because there's pretty much nothing out there for the small guys. And, you know, it's important. I care about my dad's company. I care about my friend's company. I care about my uncle's company, but none of them have access to it. So that's the original reason why I created Journicity in the first place. Yeah, that's excellent. Well, you know, my my wife is actually working on a book right now. And basically, it's about how people kind of stumble into the ideas that end up being the thing that they, you know, work on from that point forward. And uh, it's kind of that same idea, like the the Jason Swank idea that everybody's a marketer by accident. Like most marketing agencies started because somebody built a website for their friend's company and then somebody else saw it and said, could you build me one too? And then 20 years later, your marketing agency. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so if people want to get a hold of you or they want to maybe send you a request to try out Journicity, how would the best way to reach you? The best place to reach me is through going to the website, journicity.com. And then the other option is to be able to connect with me on LinkedIn. Sure. And we'll put those links in the show notes. You can get your show notes at HTTPS hook seo.com slash podcast and uh, journicity is j-o-u-r-n-i-c-i-t-y so journicity.com and scott thank you so much for being on the show today yeah thanks for having me all right we'll talk to you soon and get your attribution straight people it'll save you money this has been digital marketing masters with matt and carrie rouse for notes and a transcript of this episode go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. 
We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.